0: She hmm. recorded live, hello,
1: ladies and gentlemen. This is Kyle Carroll with your host for Carroll's corner m m a podcast today we're gonna to be joined by uh, several individuals um they should be calling in any minute, so uh as they call in uh hopefully uh, as guys as you call in, please let me know who's on the line just so I know it doesn't really give me a name or whoever's on just says New York um oh, so let me know here. We got Jillian DeCozia on the line. (laughs) DeCourcy. DeCourcy, my apologies, my apologies. That's all right. And then, uh, Tom, is that you on? Yes, sir. All right, and then we got Tom Kilkenny on as well. Um, Then we're going to have Ryan Castro joining us as well. He's a KTFO fighter, amateur lightweight in the area on Long Island. Um, Also fights on ACC. Uh, And then we're going to have Luis Gonzalez joining us as well. In a couple of minutes, he told me he's going to be jumping on. And then we have uh, Ron Lee on as well with uh, Marissa Messer as well. So I believe Mar- Marissa's on. I see Connecticut's on. Um, yeah. Welcome, Marissa. Um, Pattern, first, uh, well, First, we're going to jump to Tom. Tom, uh, you want to tell us about your card? Um, tell us about what you guys got going on for the main event, co-main event,
2: and uh, talk about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, Sure. Um, You know, uh, this upcoming Saturday, June 25th, we have, uh, so far, 18 fights are slated to go. Obviously, we know with uh, weigh-ins and everything else, um, you know, you always get a couple of drop-offs here and there, but we're slated to have 18 fights go. We have a fight card like no other. I mean, uh, your four guests that you have on this evening... Um, I mean, Marissa, Jillian. Uh, Marissa's been tearing things up in in the Connecticut area. Um, you know, I know that she's had uh, you know, two or three fights just over the last month or so, uh, and, and she's taken all of them on. Um, you know, a- anybody who's watched ACC or the Metro New York area, they know, they know all about Jillian DeCoursey. Um That's going to be a main event that me personally as a promoter, I know that it's it's my job to promote fights. I'm actually excited as a fan to watch that fight. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, you know, we have Ron Leon uh, out of uh, Kinex Level Mixed Martial Arts versus uh, Louis Gonzalez out of uh, ECU uh, in the Bronx. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of talk, a lot of banter going on between those two, but uh, you know, Louis uh, Gonzalez, longtime fighter in New York, a very impressive record. And uh, Ron Leone put on a very impressive victory against one of uh, Louis Gonzalez's teammates uh, at the, the last uh, MMA event that took place in Jamaica, Queens. So, uh, it, I mean, really explosive co- and main event. It's uh, I'm excited for that. And even just the undercard itself. I mean, I can't even really call it an undercard. It's I would say, I would say out of sixteen, out of sixteen to seventeen of those fights, probably could be, you know, co-main events.
1: Awesome, awesome. That you know, and uh, I believe you have twelve MMA fights on. You have some kickboxing
2: fights on, Tom. Um, tickets, I believe it's sold out, right? Uh right now there is about sixty tickets that are available. Trust me when I tell you that if you don't get to the door at 6 o'clock when they open, um, it'll it'll be a matter of minutes before those tickets are gone. So, you know, if you don't have tickets in hand, I highly recommend showing up at the venue at 6 o'clock when they open up the front doors because we, for a sixth time in a row, will be completely sold out.
3: Tom, you're, you sound really good on live, you know?
2: Uh, is, this, is this Gonzalez?
1: No, no, they're, they're just on my own. own. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the
4: show. Um, How are you? Thank awesome. you for having me. Glad
1: you could join us. And I believe, Casio, you're on too now, right?
4: Yeah, I just got in. How you doing, Kyle?
1: Doing well, yourself. So awesome. So Always now we got, we got a handful of people on, a bunch of people fighting. We got Tom Kilkenny, a promoter for ACC on, and Ryan Casio, who's going to be co-hosting with me for the show. So uh, welcome all, and I'm glad you could all join me tonight. Uh, so. We're talking about ACC. Tom's telling us how uh, they're selling some tickets. Uh, all pretty much sold out. If you have to get a ticket, get it at the door if you can. Uh, we have a great card lined up, uh, and then we got the the girls fighting, the guys fighting. Um, first, let's talk about Julian. Julian, you want to tell us um, how you how fights how you've been pre- uh, preparing for this fight, and uh, what do you expect to happen in, inside the cage? Um, i mean i've been
5: preparing for this fight just like i prepare for all my fights i put everything into it um kind of took things to a little bit different level this time um than i normally do um and this time i actually had a little bit longer of a camp um which is always nice because sometimes i get fights on real short notice and you just got to step up and take it um this one actually was able to put a full camp in um, I think it's gonna be a good fight. Um I mean you know everybody kinda of knows my style all my I haven't had a boring fight yet. So um planning to just bring it and you know, put it all out there and and show everybody uh <laughs> why I'm number one.
1: So, uh, hey. we,
4: <laughs> yeah, go go many, ahead, Ryan. How many fights have you had so far?
5: Um I've had this is gonna be my seventh.
4: Oh wow, so you're getting up there. Yeah. And what's I, your record uh currently? Uh, five and one. Five and one. Wow. So you're getting ready for that pro
2: circuit.
5: Yep.
4: (laughs) I (laughs) I, I mean,
2: guys. Just if I could intertwine here, I mean, or intervene, excuse me. For a female fighter to get six MMA fights in in the tri-state area, I mean that that that's pretty huge because there aren't many uh 105ers or 115s out there. So it's a very small group of ladies. Uh, that yeah. fight in in that Absolutely. arena. So, so yeah, I, Ryan, I agree with you 110 percent at a five and one record, um, I, and oh, that's very really, impressive. Very impressive. yeah. And what what, what what Jillian what Jillian has done in the, the cage, uh, I don't know. And I've already spoken to her about this, and I know Rob, her coach, has been around for a real long time. I don't know what else really there is left for her to prove at, in the amateur rankings, and you know her opponent. Is right there. She's she's lighting stuff up. So that's going to be a really again. It's I'm stoked for that fight.
1: Yeah, Marissa, this is your third fight coming up. Uh, You've been fighting in the Connecticut area. Um, Tell us your thoughts going into the fight. Your opponent has a little bit more experience inside the cage. Uh, Does that um, affect you in any way? Change the way you're warming up for the fight, getting prepared?
6: Um, no. I try to stay well prepared all year round, I, as often as possible. I've had about five to six, five or six fights in just the past like six weeks.
4: Nice.
6: Um, I box a lot. I do grappling tournaments all the time. I, you know, I try to stay extremely active all the time. So I'm, you know, I'm down. I'm ready.
2: Awesome! It sounds like
4: you got yourself a hell of an event with these two ladies <laughs> on.
2: My God! <laughs> it's gonna, it, it's gonna be a great main event. It really is. We're we're really excited for it. And I think think all the fight fans in the the metropolitan area, the tri-state area, I mean, we have a lot of people coming from Connecticut, from New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, There's a lot of people that are really excited uh, about this fight card.
0: Now,
1: Jillian, I see that you have a fight coming up with, uh, excuse me, uh, Marissa, I see you have a fight coming up against Jillian, and then about a month later you have another fight already scheduled. Um, is there any, uh, preparation that you're doing for both fights or is it like, how are you getting ready? Like mentally for one fight at a time when you have two books?
6: Um, I actually may have a few more than that, uh, but I I handle one thing at a time. I handle what's in front of me and I don't think about what's after it.
4: That's a good attitude to have for sure.
2: You know, also, like I said, it's a very small group of female fighters in the tri-state area at that weight class. So, you know, at any given time, somebody can injure themselves in a camp. So for a, a fighter to say, hey, look, you know what, I want to fight maybe once every, like, 60 days, you know, you get an opponent that drops out and you don't get a fill-in for that opponent, you, you could go 120 to 180 days without a fight. I don't think any amateur fighter who's trying to really – Gear up to move into the professional rankings. Wants to sit stagnant for that long. So I think that you know, Marissa, you have an, an an excellent game plan in in taking on as as many fights as possible. Uh, so I give you I give you a huge kudos for that. It's a good game plan. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna have to oh, agree.
1: Well, Julian, is there any um, talk about switching over to professional? Is there any possibility? Um, if you come out with the victory, to jump to the next level, or you plan on taking a couple more amateur bouts?
5: Um, No, I mean, it it all depends on, you know, how things play out on Saturday. If they play out how um, I see them playing out, how uh, my coach has been preparing me for them to play out, um, then, you know, there's a very good chance that after this one I'll be making that jump.
1: Uh, You're the number one ranked female fighter in New York State uh, at your weight class. what else? Like you have, uh, I believe you have both belts at 115
5: and 105, correct? Um, no, I have. Um, I, I haven't fought. This is actually my first fight at 105. Um, I haven't been able to get a fight at 105 up until this point. So I was just fighting at 115 just to be able to have fights. Um, and I never actually made 115 when I weighed in. So I was going into every. I went into every fight uh, significantly smaller than all my opponents, and I still took them out. So. I'm um, excited with a, to see what happens
2: with a swe- at with 105. Weigh-ins with a sweatshirt. <laughs> in, in, in true in true Caillou Tariff fashion, I always I
4: come into every one of my single fights light, to be honest, just to uh, show my opponents that I'm not afraid to give up a, a few pounds. It's never been an issue, you know. Some people get so strung up about the weight and what you walking in at and what you're cutting down to. What is what is she, three weeks before the fight, and what does she weigh the day after? <laughs> Who the hell gives a freaking crap? We're all fighters. We train with people both bigger and smaller if you're in the right gym. So I, I've never got that issue where people are afraid to move up and down in weight classes, especially uh, at the amateur level, because once you go pro, everybody's bigger. So you better get right. used to not being, you know, a bigger one on the side of the cage. Oh, Jillian, yeah, I've never it,
5: been bigger yet. <laughs> oh,
4: Julian, do you feel that I don't that's an advantage?
1: Either, uh, uh what was that? Do you feel it's been an advantage for you, being that you walking around with uh you're hydrated, your your stomach is full? Um a lot of fighters that are cutting weight, they're dehydrated, drains their body drastically, and they struggle to recover within a day or twenty four hours of the fight. Uh do you think that's been an advantage for you?
5: Um, I mean i've definitely you know thought about that when i was training that you know these girls have to focus so much on cutting weight and i didn't have to focus on any of that um so that definitely is a perk um but then come fight night when you know i fought somebody that walks around at 145 and they cut down to 115 come fight night um i felt that that's the size difference there um and i think that that actually you know was a disadvantage to me at that point um but you know I've had all these girls that I fought um at one fifteen that told me how you know I felt strong, so if i'm you know in my head I'm like all right if i'm think if I'm feeling strong at one fifteen and I'm smaller than them, then you know being at the weight class I should be at I should feel you know I should be real strong
1: that's fine oh, that's awesome now marissa you you both have fought a common fighter, you both have fought destiny. Um, you went the distance, uh, unanimous decision, and uh, Jillian, uh, I believe, uh, finished her in the second round. Um, now, is there anything you took from that watching? Um, I don't know if you saw any video of her fighting Destiny. Uh, is there anything you take from that? You know, you fought a common opponent.
5: Um,
6: I didn't see the video, and the reason mine went the distance is because Mohegan's rules was there was no ground to pound because it was my Ooh. first fight and it was her sixth fight. Or else,
4: how are you supposed to finish, finish a fight like that?
6: Yeah, so uh, she covered up the whole time, so I couldn't get a submission. So, um, but it gotcha. just,
4: yeah,
5: anybody who watched yeah, well, yeah, when I saw Destiny, fun, we didn't have ground to right? pound either. Ooh.
1: Sorry, so yeah. there's no ground pound for
2: either
5: one in both fights. Yeah, because it was my first fight as well. So.
2: so So let's 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 reverse, let's uh go into um there are certain sanctioning bodies that fo- follow very closely to the New Jersey State Athletic Control Board. Uh a lot of the uh, rules that take place in a Connecticut area, and then there are also other sanctioning bodies that like to. Not saying ground and pound is a professional thing, but they'll allow heel hooks and toe holds. And to to me, something I think that should never be, um, you know, on an amateur, on an amateur level because, you know, you could be a white belt four stripes, and you could go and you can roll with a purple, brown, or black belt, and they hit you with a heel hook. If you tap, it's already over. Yeah, I you and know, I call that. Yeah. Yeah. You you've shred you've shredded an ACL or an MCL or you've at minimum framed it. And I think for amateur fighters, I just think um, you know, because not only am I a promoter, I'm also on a regulatory side of things and I'm actually very heavily involved with what's going on in the New York State Athletic Commission and some of the rules and some of the things that are going to be put in place coming coming up very, very shortly. Um, And and it's all about keeping the amateur fighter safe, uh, but yet giving them a great opportunity to get in there, display their skills. Uh, But I think that for people, if you're going to eat an elbow, you should get paid for it. If you're going to eat heel hooks and toe holds, you should be getting paid for it. You You really shouldn't be put out of commission for three, four, five, six months because you took an amateur fight without getting any pay or anything like that. And you went with extreme advanced rules. So I, I think that for like the United States Muay Thai Association, it was very important for them, for fighters for their first one or two fights to fight in what's called novice rules. New Jersey has those novice rules. Um, you know, that, I believe that fight, Jillian, was almost like three years ago as well, if, if I stand corrected.
5: Um, no, my first MMA fight was not this September, it was last September.
2: Yeah, mine too. That's actually when I made
4: my debut as well.
2: Okay, so so 2 years ago, since since then, now it has become in the metropolitan area that it is something that is requested, not automatic. So if a coach says, you know, uh, you know, they call up the promoter and they say, "Hey, look, you know, what we know that the sanctioning body has novice rules. We'd like you to make this match with novice rules." At that point mm. it's for the matchmaker to go out there and find a fighter who would like to fight novice rules with a similar style record, novice rules, you wear shins, um, you know, there's no ground and pound, um, and there's absolutely no elbows whatsoever. The major difference between the New Jersey State Athletic Control Board rules and the USMTA rules on a novice level is USMTA does allow standing head kicks. New Jersey State Athletic Control Board does not allow standing head kicks. So... uh,
1: Tom I I agree 100% with you. I know when I was covering MMA in Wisconsin, you no know, amateur was no heel hooks, no knees to the head, no elbows. Um and I I agree 100%. There's no reason for that in the amateur. Um you, you should be getting paid for that. Uh but I'm going to pivot real quick. I'm going to pivot to the uh some girls hang on, don't leave us. I'm going to pivot to the guys. I'm going to go to Gonzalez and uh, Leon and um ask them about talk ask them about their their fight coming up. Uh, Gonzalez, you there? What up guys? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How's everyone doing? Doing well. You're coming off a fantastic knockout, your last fight at KTFO. Uh you won the the vacant bantamweight title with a twelve second knockout. Um tell us about that. Vicious, Matt, vicious
4: twelve second knockout.
1: It was vicious. By
4: Against a woman
0: fighter.
4: Yeah. Ryan, how are you feeling? I heard you had a car accident, man. I saw. hope you're doing I'm well. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling great. I'm back into training. I'm getting into the swinging things, and I'm just looking forward to putting somebody out. That's so good. Hopefully the hopefully um, end of July.
0: Nice, right, man. Well, my last fight, it was just going in there and handling my business. It wasn't my fastest knockout. I just knew he was aggressive, and not a lot of 135ers are going to stand in there and bang with me, and I've I proven that anybody. time and time again. <laughs> So that's just what it came down to.
1: Awesome. And your, your fight, tell us about your fight coming up. I understand uh, there's been some verbal altercations between, uh, um, I don't know if it was yourself and uh, Leon, but I understand there's a little bit of bad blood
0: between you guys. Personally, I, I don't care. He's just another stepping stone for me, uh, quite honestly. he He doesn't deserve to be in there with me just based on the way things have played out he's gotten lucky and gotten the opportunity so you know he's handled his business now i'm going to go handle mine he can talk all he wants and say whatever the hell he wants but at the end of the day you have to step in there with I me i beat
3: your boy and my title weights more than yours what
0: are you uh, Oh that, about?
4: listen that's cute but
0: <laughs> come, on, you, come on come on come on loo it you took, took you 3, three rounds you to honestly. beat my boy if we're going to I, talk beat, to I you, beat your boy. I beat your let's boy. Let's be let's be honest. the right, all right. Let's
4: save it for the <laughs> ring. <Let's> <laughs> <save> <laughs> the Yo, come listen. on, come on. Let me dude. You can't let me, me
3: just
4: say radio. this: the ball to you, the ball to
3: you. Don't lie. The listen, don't what's lie. your name? You Ronnie, right? I beat your boy, and I'm gonna beat you up on on this side of it.
4: Ronnie, let me ask you a question, brother. How many fights do you have?
3: Four, including beating your boy.
4: Yes. But I'm talking about, like, sanctioned fights. Because I only see two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, brother. I said I said I only see two officially sanctioned fights. So those other two had to be some kind of, like, you know, smokers or whatever. Okay. Listen. All I'm sure. going to say is this. Listen, brother. I have ten fights overall. Nine sanctioned fights. This is, who is Ryan it? Castro. Castro. Ryan okay. Castro. All right. And listen. All I got to say is this. I've been the guy where I've been in your position and I always was sorting out bigger talent. Like when I fought Sam Watford, I suffered my first loss. I went on five fights before that. I I ripped through everybody and, you know, I kind of got a little lost in myself. And I thought that, you know, I was ready to go bang with the big boys and, you know, fight the guy who's going pro. And listen, if I would have gave the sport a little bit more respect and I didn't Esteem myself so highly, I think it would have been a much different fight, and that fight went the distance. I was one of the only men to go the distance with him. And I say all that to say this, man. You got four fights, two fights, whatever it is. Lewis has got a ton of fights. Why not take the respectable route? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this guy, Lewis, is, is no joke, bro. I mean, you might as if you, you're talking him down, saying that he beat a guy who was 1 0, 2 0, it doesn't matter, brother. Uh, ask him how many fights he's finished. finished. When it comes in, it doesn't matter. Ask him how many matter. fights has he finished? I'm looking. He hasn't finished any. Exactly. You know he's not I a finisher. I finished. Finish win. Don't piss me off. You're not out a knockout artist. That's Is all. It I'm it don't gas up a knockout artist, bro. You know
3: what? At the end, at the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't come down as to that many fights you have. You don't win titles by fighting. You win titles by winning. And I'm there to win. I so, win. So, you, know, you, know, you don't have, have to be there. I I so I you're
1: there the to fight? I'm
3: a huge. I'm the huge underdog. Right, everybody, everybody, watch
1: out for the laying price. Ron, uh, this is yeah. Kyle Carroll. Um, I'm curious. I, to be honest, I really don't know much about you. I'm still learning a lot, a lot about the fighters in the area. Tell me about yeah. your background and tell me about your background in fighting and how you got into it. uh
3: I started four years ago. I uh, I had some altercations back in my country. I'm from Ecuador. Uh, I I was, you know, just broke, pretty much uh, doing everything in New York, picking on every single job, and I started training, then I, uh, my coaches saw that I have uh, some potential in it, and I started competing, I started doing tournaments, and I was never the guy, you know, I was never, I was never considered as a fighter, I never thought that I myself as a fighter, until one day, uh, my son was born, and then I needed to do something for my family, and I needed to you know, to become somebody in order to provide. And, you know, I I started fighting uh, almost, it's almost been two years now. Uh, This is my fifth fight. And then, you know, last time I was, it was more like an opportunity. I was I was fighting another guy. I had a a featherweight and, you know, the opening was there. And I went in, you know, no one thought that I could win. I said to my coaches that I was going to win. I said to the promoters that I was going to win and I won. Period. So that's it. And Good now idea. I'm going. I'm now I'm going. I'm going with the guy that that trains with the guy that I beat every day. The guy that's been crying on his shoulder. Every <laughs> you you, know, something? you, you <laughs> wanna know something. Kyle funny? Every every
0: Kyle, you mm, want to know something funny? Kyle, you want to know something funny? Boy, sure, oh sure. yeah, wrong. Yeah, Liam kicked my ass. You could say. Uh, that yo, right. you want to know something hilarious? Trying. once he, This can <laughs> stops talking. If he doesn't believe it, go ask Kai. When Kai trained with our school, how that turned out. His teacher, Ooh. right?
4: Ooh.
0: Um, what happened to Rayside? Rayside almost got his arm broken, but one of our guys. So What
3: What? What happened on well, April 2nd? Your yeah, you couldn't humiliated. finish Brandon after Your you had him knocked. humiliated. And then what no. was he screaming, Lou. You were screaming, I want but this. But what does this like, have to
1: do with Brandon? Like, you're, you keep he, he mentioning the bad. I, I don't get it.
4: Me to you're right. not, you not fighting Brandon. Mind. again. You're not Let fighting, not fighting Brandon. The
3: reason why, <laughs> why you're radio right now, like I said before, it's because of me. I've been taking Broke. this Bannerweight. I've been taking this promotion as the underdog for less than three months. I came in unexpected, swinging. Won the title and now I'm going for my second title. How long have you been saying that you're fighting? You got. What are not here to so take part? We're here to got take so over. He fights more than me. It doesn't mean that you're uh, better than me, bro. Uh, 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 no, no, no. Than me.
0: You're, you're absolutely right. Me being better than I'm you right. just means I'm, I'm better right. Right.
3: than you. I know. Like
0: right. I can I, fight oh, a million. Oh
2: you can fight a million times. You're not better than me. All right, guys, hey,
0: hold on one guys. second. You,
2: well, hold see, on, guys. you can find a
0: million
2: Hey, listen, times. listen, guys, listen up. Listen, guys, guys, <laughs> yes. it's, it's Tom Kilkenny. I just want to say, listen. <laughs> hey, Tom. Any, any, anybody who knows me, I've been in the martial arts now for over 30 years. I have black belts in very different styles, <laughs> you know, Japanese jiu-jitsu. I've been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu for the last six years. I've trained with guys at the highest level. To me, it's always been about a high level of respect. and I I agree, Tom. The two two girls that are actually getting into the cage, I love the respect that they're showing one another, and they're very confident in what they have to do. I saw Ron Leone take a very, very impressive win against Brandon Medina, and Brandon is a very good fighter. It was a very, very impressive win. I've also watched Louis Gonzalez slay people inside the cage as well. Literally. I would say this. I, ha- I have respect for, for both fighters, and I know that there's a lot of banter and stuff going on, and I just would love, obviously everybody loves the, the talk. It's, it's part of the promotion of getting yourself out there and rocking and rolling. I mean, listen, who does, it, who does it better than like Nate Diaz?
0: Or well, Nick well, Tom, I, has,
2: like you fight, pointed I, before, but nobody's getting paid, so why why is there a need to talk shit
4: when nobody's collecting exactly. the paycheck? Because oh, you're I, not I, getting
3: paid. You're not getting paid. Oh my! <laughs> God. Here,
4: here we go. That's the so, new I, I hope That's you're not talking different. to me because you don't All even right, want to. You, on, wanna, on, you don't want to see the paychecks so, I get. So the only thing, the only thing, the, the only
2: the only thing that I would say is there's two very impressive fighters that are getting ready to enter the cage this upcoming Saturday. Um, And, you know what, I'm excited to see you really put your talents to the test. You know, you are very confident. I mean, obviously, nobody ever, ever comes to fight to lose. You come to win. And I think that, I think it's amazing. Um, I think that everybody has their own style on how they promote themselves. And I think it's fantastic. Uh, But I I would say the most important thing is, uh, you know what? Go in, do what you're meant to do, put your time, put your effort in. Once you get in a cage, you could say one or two things. The one thing I always say is for for those who go out and they, they over talk and they come in and they under deliver. Let's talk about a Conor McGregor. <laughs> Even though Conor McGregor gets paid. You know, he gets paid. I ain't gonna knock that and listen, my last name is Till Teddy, I'm an Irishman myself. But, you know, he, he he went in, he talked. I love his idea because just like Jillian said, you come to fight. It doesn't matter what the weight is, you're a fighter. That's what you do. But you know what? Mm-hmm. He came, he talked a lot of talk with Diaz, and, and Diaz finished him. So, you know, again, the last thing, and, and you know what? McGregor had to walk away, and I actually think that he took that loss probably more humble than any fighter I've ever seen and actually gave gave some praise. He could have sat there and said, shit, I don't fight at this weight. I've, I've fought 20 pounds Heavier than I normally fight. But, again, I think that as on a promoter stand front, uh, somebody who used to manage uh, pro fighters, you know, coach guys, been in a promotion game for a long time, a regulator, I think both of you have an, ex- an extreme amount of talent. I'm excited to watch both of you get into the cage. Uh, me personally, I, I, you know, and it's, it's, it's an opinion, and it's just my opinion, I love the talk because it's promotion. Some people have actually said that both Eugene and I have no clue on how to market anyone. I don't know. We're going on our sixth show. That's completely sold out, but it's completely sold out because we put on fight cards that people are dying to see. People are dying to see Jillian DeCorsi get in there with, with Marissa. People are dying to see Ron Leone fight Louis Gonzalez. People are dying to see Dan Fizzano against Damiola. Um, uh, you know, if people want to see Steve Eno take on, uh, you know, Flacco from, uh, you know, from Mizuko's, you know, these are some really, really good fights. And I can probably even go on and on about some of the fights that go on, but, you know, promoting yourself is great. The reason why this fight show is going to be great is because of the fighters that we have in there. And I can't wait for both of you guys to walk into the cage, put it on the line. And the one thing that I would love to see, I'd love to see the martial way at the end of the fight. And I think Tom, everybody who, anybody who knows about martial arts, they know what the martial way is at the end of the fight. Tom, I got a great idea. I don't know. You might want to
4: take this with a grain of salt, but I think it'd be a hell of a lot more entertaining if you gave them microphones for 10 minutes before they fight.
2: <laughs> listen, I, I don't, we don't, listen, we don't need any Ryan. <laughs> I mean, you oh know, I, the, the one the one thing that Eugene and I do is we pride ourselves on, on the production and the professionalism of uh, how things are ran at the event, no, how they're regulated. The sure. And, uh, you know, the last thing we ever want is any melee or anything else uh, because, you know what, uh, you know, you go and you see on YouTube there's some videos that are out there where, you know, there, there was one instance with, a, a, a dear, close friend of mine, Chim, that if Chim didn't have complete control over his students, th- th- there, would, there would have been a fight promotion that just would have been turned upside down. And that is the one thing that we never want to see happen at an ACC event, at Aggressive Combat Championships. We want people to feel confident bringing their children, their wives, to family-style event. Everyone gets theater-style seatings, comfy seats, comfy seats. Every seat in the house is a good seat, and everybody comes to have a great time because they're getting to ready to watch the fighters that we're speaking to tonight. Guys, that, guys and girls, they just put it on the line.
1: You know, Tom, I've been covering MMA fights in Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, um, New York now for about eight years. And a lot of the fights I went to in Indiana and Wisconsin and all those in the Midwest area, they're all professional fights. Uh, one in Wisconsin, the big one, was uh, American Fighting Championships run through Duke Rufus. I don't know if, where Anthony Pettis fights, for those of you who aren't sure. Um, and yeah, it's pro- Denver. Yeah, and the production out there in Milwaukee is unreal. And, Tom, like, for an amateur compared to like professional fights, you guys are on the same level because the, the thing that I, I got when I go to a fight like that, I'm looking for is the quality of the fight. So if it's a quick 10 second knockout in every single fight, I think it's going to happen. And they're always fun to watch. But if it's every fight you see a 10 second knockout on the same card, you know there's
4: a problem. Yeah.
1: Someone's not doing their job correctly or someone doesn't and know what they're doing exactly. And I haven't seen that yet. And every time I go to an ACC card, the, the
2: quality is unreal. It blows my mind. You know, I, I have to say this, you know, first and foremost, kudos to my partner, Because it doesn't matter who's stepping into that cage Saturday night. My partner, Eugene Perez, fought his biggest fight of his life, uh, having lymphoma. And today we got amazing news that he is in 100% remission. So he kicked cancer's ass. So kudos to him. Congrats, Eugene. Great job,
4: Eugene. That is awesome, man. God bless, bro.
2: He's a guy who consistently puts fight cards together. Uh, I, you know, I do help from time to time, but Eugene is the majority matchmaker and he, he puts, he finds and puts these fights together and I got to give him a lot of credit because Kyle, you're a hundred percent right. Being a regulator, I oversee a lot of shows and I'll tell you, I, I go to some shows and out of 10 fights, like seven of them are finished in the first round and people are like, oh, so you got to be happy about that. And it's like, no, the matchmaking was was done very poorly. And, and nobody wants to go to a fight show just to watch people get their asses handed to them. They want to go to a fight show. They want to see some skill. You know, and even if they don't have skill and it's a prelim fight, you want to see two people that are evenly matched. So, yeah, uh,
1: that's definitely right. Because I don't want to go in there and just see someone getting their ass kicked. You see some guy who's ripped out of his mind an insane athlete against some chump
2: who's, looks like he just ate a couple of donuts before he crawled into the cage. Right. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll make the announcement here. I, I, and again, it's an opinion. I I think I have the three best referees, you know, in the tri-state area officiating this, these upcoming fights. I have, you know, uh, USMTA's Alexius Phoenix. Everybody knows Phoenix. Um, Kevin Mulhall, UFC veteran, Bellator veteran referee, and uh, w- one of my one of my good friends, Big Dan Miglarata. He's he's going to be there refereeing fights as well. So, you know, I have guys at the most professional level that are going to be uh, regulating and controlling these fights inside the cage. Uh, the USMTA is is very poised to do big things in New York, and you know, I'm excited that they chose to have. You know, aggressive combat championships be sort of that that flagship event for you know having three of New York's top officials there to uh, to oversee the fight show. Definitely, definitely. The uh, quality
1: the uh, USMTA puts on is uh, uh, it's above all that's for sure. Uh, so I'm going to pivot a little bit more. Gonzalez, tell us your background. I know you're a striker. How did you get into? No,
0: that? actually, uh, I'm I'm not. I'm not a striker. I oh, started right. training jujitsu. It just so happens that if you're not going to take me to the ground, we're going to stand and bang. That's just what it com- started coming down to. Um, uh, one day I'm walking by East Coast United in the Bronx, and I started training. And Tito asked me, hey, you you want to go to Long Island and fight? I said, sure, let's go. I lost that fight, and then I was like, all right, let's get the next one going. Then we started Winning tournaments, and I at my first fight, I my first MMA fight, I got thrown to the wolves, fighting someone that was already three, like what had three fights, I don't remember. Next fight after that, I was fighting Rich Fabon. So I know you're out in Long Island, so you probably know who that is.
4: Yeah, he's a true veteran of the sport. A true
0: veteran, never been knocked out, and that was eight seconds. So it's just been chugging off from there.
4: A rematch, man. When you guys are pros, that that's got to happen.
0: Cabo is an awesome dude, man. Whenever he gets everything
4: in order, I would love to do that. Again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it just goes to show, man. Can never help anybody happens. out. Awesome, awesome.
1: Now, I, I got a question for uh, for the girls, and then I'm going to ask the guys' opinion. Um, I was listening to Six Burrows' podcast. They had the uh, president from KTFO on, and they were talking about what's the difference between Professional fighters and amateur fighters, and they're like, "Oh, it's just getting paid and whatnot." I personally think it's more to that, and there's a huge it's a lot step up. Yeah, I agree. There's a huge step up from amateur to professional level. But I'm curious too, I'm going to I'm gonna ask the girls first. What what's the what does it take to become the next step to be considered on the professional level?
5: I mean, uh, for me, I I think it's like your your skill level that you kind of. The amateur level is is there for you to work out your kinks um to find your game um really fine tune your style and you know to to make mistakes and to be able to learn from them um so that way then you know by the time you're ready to go pro you've you've ironed everything out
1: yeah and uh Mar- marissa do you have any uh Oh, who? Who? I'm sorry. Which one are, was that Jillian or Marissa? Oh, oh that was right. Jillian.
5: Yeah, that was Jillian.
1: Okay, uh, Mar- Marissa, what's your opinion on it?
6: Um, I just, you know, the more experienced, the merrier. You want to be able to handle anything that comes your way. So, I think getting out there and challenging ta- yourself at any point in time is, you know, a good idea as long as you're prepared for
1: it. Okay. And uh, Ron, are you talking about you just really started training a few, uh, a couple years ago? You're getting into it. Yeah. What does it take? What does it take for you to jump to the next level? Because when you jump to that next level, you're going to be facing, say, like Division One athletes that are coming over to MMA that either played football, college wrestling, and those are like the top, oh, I, top grappler grapplers in the I, in the, in the I game. I
3: personally, I personally think that are that are two different type of fighters. I think that are born talented fighters, and then fighters that choose. Train and become became really good at it i think that i'm just a naturally born fighter i've never before before four years ago i never picked up a glove i i never never even fought in the street i was always one of those just popular boys just hanging around trying to avoid trouble and stuff like that and then four years ago it's just you know things completely change it and last year you know, I, I think I'm, I must have done something right better than any Bantam way because I got, I got invited to Ryzen, to Japan. I don't think any... I don't think... Lou, do you ever have uh, gotten invited internationally?
4: Holy shit. Nope. I, I don't now think now you, I've never seen, seen, seen proof of yours either. I've you, never yeah, seen your proof. And
3: I God. actually just got invited again to Panama uh-huh. to, make, to make another pro debut. You, and you ran and around I, for I, three rounds? And I, and ran I, around and for three rounds? Answer I, the I question. They asked you about I pros. Just,
4: answer you, the question.
3: You, you still
0: haven't answered the question. What was the question? Well, well what, what was the question? I, I, I know you're nervous, but answer the question. They asked you a question. You should answer the question. Why was the question? It's okay to be afraid. It's okay. Just answer the question. Afraid? Afraid, afraid of who? It's okay. It, that's Go what on. happens when you're scared. You ramble on and really? don't focus on things. That's what happens Kyle, can you
3: ask this kid the like question again? Like I said, man. Like I said, so, th- so, I'll leave that right. to him. Kyle, feet. Kyle. Okay. Kyle. Kyle. I don't. I don't send the promoters to tell my coaches uh, things around. I say things to your face. I pronounce good luck with that. your name on media, and I'm pronouncing your name like that. Luke, please, brother, just you know,
1: just uh, just good, bring your good luck A with game that.
0: this Saturday. Swing your A game.
1: All right, hold on, guys. So, so I just muted you for a second. So, just hold on one minute, cause you're all muted. All right. So, I just wanted to know where, where are we going from? How, what it takes to get to the next level and compete competitively at the next level. Uh, run real quick, run, and then I'm gonna ask Gonzalez what his thoughts are. I think just working, just working hard. Working hard, just working in the gym, dedicating yourself.
0: We're dedicating
3: completely. I think that I think with determination, if you have, you know, with there's a will, nobody can stop you. And I believe that if you want something really bad, and everybody is telling you that you can't have it, that you can't do it, and then you end, you know, you go ahead and you, you, know that you can do it, and it, you know, you just touch, you just touch in the mind, and you touch, you touch, you know, your subconscious, and tell you that you can do it. You're gonna be able to do it, no matter, no matter what. I think, I think there's no buts, there's no exceptions. You put your mind into your body, and you, you train the hours that you have to train. You do the work and you go ahead little and there's nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing to be disputed. You, you're going to get the win. Excellent. Uh, now,
1: Gonzalez, what are your thoughts on that, fighting at the next level, competing against, say,
0: Division One quality athletes? Um, what thoughts on that? Even at the next level, there's honestly different levels. You can get into smaller promotions, and I've seen great amateurs go up there and have some success and also fail, so... You have to devote your life to this. It can't be not a part-time thing. You also have to surround yourself with like-minded individuals to shoot for the common goal, which is to be the best. And you're going to hit some bumps up there because, like you said, there's going to be some great athletes, just all-around athletes competing, black belts. You're going to have world champions going up there. And you have to just have that laser focus and go through any obstacle, whether Win or lose, continue chugging. There's very few guys in the pro level that have a perfect record. So there's going to be some adversity, especially once you get to the highest level. You're going to have to push through a lot of adversity and just keep moving forward. Yeah, definitely.
1: Now, Julian, I understand that you you mentioned that uh, you and uh, Gonzalez are both teammates. You just train at separate locations. Um, Yep. I guess can you elaborate on uh, the type of team that you have or or what it takes to be, I guess, part of – The East Coast United BJJ team?
5: Um, Well, we basically have, like, we have three different locations. um, And, you know, we we all kind of, we all have our own separate main coaches. But, you know, at times we come together and then we'll train together. Um, There was a card, I think it was last December, where, like, a bunch of us were fighting on it. So we were training together um, pretty much weekly uh, to prepare and get ready, which was you know, it's always awesome when we wind up on the same card. Because then everybody, we can all kind of come together.
0: Yeah, awesome. definitely. It, it's hard to get Dylan to fight, so there's a lot of times we, our training schedules don't match up. But our gym in the Bronx has only been around five years, so everyone there has pretty much only been training five years. Um, so we're kind of the big brothers to all the other guys. So a lot of times we'll end up going to the different schools and training with them, but whenever we can get on a car together, we we all come together and, and work out. Awesome.
1: Yeah, now uh, Marissa, you train at Ultimate MMA in Connecticut. Is that correct? Uh,
6: yes, mainly.
1: And uh, could you tell us a little bit about your gym? Like, uh, I've never been up to any of the Connecticut shows. Uh, tell us a little bit about your gym.
6: Um, I mean, Andrew has my. It, it's the owner of the gym. My trainer. Um, he's you know the first instructor to ever teach in Connecticut. You know he trains underneath Marcella Garcia. Currently, we actually go to New York and train at his school uh, weekly. So, you know, when I don't, oh, awesome. don't just fight in Connecticut, I fight all the surrounding states. So, um, it's just a well-rounded MMA gym. Awesome. Um, now,
1: what is you? Do you have a background in like, um, say, wrestling or jiu-jitsu? How did you get involved? Like, what kind of pulled you in? Um, I.
6: Started. I mean, I wanted to, I even went to wrestling practices when I was like 10 years old, but since I was a girl, I wasn't the most welcome, so I didn't end up sticking with it, so it was always something that pulled me. I went back years later, so uh, I tried out an MMA gym, couldn't necessarily afford it or get there. It just never worked out, and then uh, for the past five years, I've been training, and I mean, now not like a recreational every other day, show up when I feel like it, literally morning and night you know,
1: six days a week, seven if I didn't need a day off. Um, awesome. have lived at the gym from day one, so. Awesome. Now, now Ron, you're talking about uh, how you're trying to, like, try to make some money for your family and all. Now, I, like, amateur MMA is, uh, just, you know, no one gets paid for it unless sometimes uh give Unless you're Ron, you Castro. <laughs> sometimes <it's> promotion to <laughs> ticket sale money. Uh you have uh, sponsors or anything, or anyone that helps out? Did you work? I'm assuming you work another job. Could elaborate on that, Ron? I think we lost Ron. Oh. All right, well, <laughs> Gonzalez. Ooh. Uh, Gonzalez, can you elaborate on yes, that?
0: Yes, sir. On where I work.
1: Yeah, like
0: do you work? I okay. mean, you work another job? Yeah, I have. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You have another job. <laughs> um, I just recently like put in my notice to go part time for work, so I can teach more often. I help out Coach Tito whenever I can, teaching um, his jujitsu or Thai classes. Um, so that helps out. I do have a sponsor with Breakpoint and Contract Killer that helps out with the gear that I'm wearing to train, but overall, it's just me putting my work, hust- honestly hustling, whether it's selling T-shirts, you know, teaching private classes, doing extra work at work, so it's a nice balance of having that hustle to make money and also training, you know, as much as I can.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I know it's not easy for amateur fighters, and unfortunately even when you make it to the pro level, there's not a ton of money it's within the sport still. It's still growing. Uh, Ryan, Cassie, uh, can you uh, talk about... Um, oh, shit, I just drew a blank. But, uh, oh, damn.
4: Hey, hey, uh, nice uh, Kyle.
2: That you're with. Kyle. Yeah, stop. You, you, you asked everybody, except for me, what they think it's going to take to get to the pro level. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. You've never actually asked somebody that has actually been through the amateur and through the pro level, managed guys, coached guys through the amateur and a pro level. Uh, so uh, I'll elaborate on that. One thing that winds up happening is uh, you find out on the amateur level, uh, at once you go pro, you'll find out on – that level on whether or not the amateur level you were fighting at was actually good for your career, because just like Lewis had mentioned, uh, you know you'll get guys like uh, Leo Munez, uh, you'll get guys like you know uh, James Gonzalez, you know you'll get guys that have fought on some good promotions. Okay, they've had some really good fights, and they were able to move on to a mid-level promotion like a ring of combat, a CFFC and have some really good success. And then you have other fighters who maybe have fought on different cards, uh, different promotions where the matchmaker really wasn't all too good or the stable of fighters that, you know, they were matching up all the time really wasn't all that great. And you realize you you step into the cage and you're saying to yourself, you know, Dorothy, we're, we're not in Kansas anymore. Um, that's, that's one thing. So I agree 110% with Lewis there. Two, you'll find out whether or not your coach is really a suitable coach for MMA or not. Okay? Because a, su- a suitable professional coach is going to make sure that you're on weight all the time. You're coming in, you're weighing in, you're eating right, you're doing all the right things. Uh, that, you know, you're going to market yourself the right way and not the wrong way. Uh, You know, all of those little nuances is what truly makes a professional a professional. Even outside, there are, and I agree with Ron Leone on this, there are some guys that are just natural, talented fighters. And then there's other guys that just, they, they bust their ass to get to where they need to get to. And sometimes some people need to find a new way. I'll give one fighter, for instance, Uriah Hall. You know, he was a part of a team for a very, very long time. And, you know, I I think Uriah has always been a very exciting fighter to watch. Uriah made a transition to a different camp. And I think that Uriah's fighting went to a completely different level. Not that his level where he was before with his other camp, because his other camp has produced phenomenal fighters. But as a fighter yourself, you'll find yourself your style, your support, where it needs to be. Really, to be honest with you, at the professional level is where you really start making your adjustments. You learn as an amateur, but on a professional level, you make major adjustments, whether it's your coach, whether it's the way you eat, whether it's the way you train, the way you market yourself. And you go, that's typically what happens is you go professional and you go back and you say to yourself, maybe I should have been fighting on an aggressive combat championship card. Maybe I should have been fighting on this other card. You know, maybe I should have been going up to Mohegan Sun. You know, maybe I should have done this because the matchmakers do a great job of getting me solid fights that I'm now truly prepared to step it up to another level because let me tell you, I've seen some professionals that – 80% of the amateurs that jump on our cards would would light up inside a cage. So, you you really find yourself as a fighter. I think that's I think that's probably my opinion that I would give on what it takes to move to the next level. Anybody oh. can go. You can have two fights and your next fight could be at the professional level. Okay, can you do me a favor? Can as, like Ron just dipped. Can you make sure he
0: shows up tomorrow? Like I'm already on week. <laughs> like I,
2: r- 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 Ron, r- Ron is Ron is gonna show up. You know, I I, I'm I, just I saw Ron okay. I saw Ron this pa- I, I saw Ron this past weekend. Uh, he, were, was, he was he was really excited for the fight. Um you know, I'm excited for the fight. And you know what? uh what was that? I'm not that excited, to be honest
0: with you, because from what I've seen from him, he's gonna talk a lot and try to spend three rounds running. Like uh, I'm gonna knock him out. It's gonna be work. It's just gonna like there's no excitement. What? Why did? Why am I sitting here trying to get excited for? It's just business. I go in, I do my job, and I walk out and I go enjoy time with my family.
4: Now, if I was you, fighting you know
0: Flacco, or, you know, if me and Ryan were going to throw hands, then I would say, shit, i got to get prepared for this. I need to be well, excited. Gonzalez, do <laughs> <exalted. laughs> does Not that wrong. get, you, you,
1: get you excited, though, to get in there and say knock someone out that you dislike or have no respect for? For me
0: to dislike someone, um, Kyle, honestly, I would have to have some sort – or to be hateful, I have to have some sort of respect for him. I I don't care about this kid. Like, he's going to talk all he wants. For me, it's going through one ear out the other. It doesn't faze me. I'm there to do a job. What is me beating him going to do? Is he going to keep showing what I've been showing against tougher competition? You, you've seen the – I'm sure you've seen the people I've fought. Some of those guys are murderers. There is a murderous row of people either at 135 or 145. So where does he fit into that? Is he better than Pavone? No. So uh, why am I getting excited? For him? He needs to get honestly the reason why this title is on the line is because I'm
2: fighting on there. The
0: last person to win it
2: was pro Paul and it, no one else has stepped up for it. That's what and, and and Lewis I think you know that we've been looking to find you an opponent now it's probably been probably been a year now. A year, a full year. So um you know, and and obviously, you know, um, I appreciate you. You, you, you know, y- Eugene, um, you know, being the great matchmaker that he is, you know, immediately saw, you know, a little a little flare up between, you know, the two fighters, me the, the night after. and that's what good. That's what great matchmakers do. <laughs> You know, uh, Ron had a, a really a good fight. And, you know, Brandon is no. you know, it, it, whether somebody wants to say somebody's crying on somebody's shoulders or what have you, the Medina twins are very talented fighters. They're really, yeah. they're young, talented fighters. And Ron beat a young, talented fighter. He, he, he won the fight, and he, he beat him. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, great matchmakers see that, and the first thing they say is 135, which is typically not, you know, the Medina's weights, they usually fight at 25, not 35. But, re- regardless of the fact, the first thing Eugene's saying is that's a Louis Gonzalez fight right there. And that night, he jumped right on it. And that's what great, great matchmakers do. They 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 formulate the fight, they see the fight, and they're like, that's an amazing fight, I gotta land that fight. And he did. Man, and man, gonna some push-ups already. <laughs> It's, uh, it, 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 it's a co-main event fight. It, uh, I'm excited, um, and I know you're not excited, but I'm excited as He's excited. as a pro-
4: He's excited. Listen, I'm listen, I'm not excited to fight him. I'm excited
0: to fight. Like, nice. I have too many people pulling out, so I'm just happy to
2: compete. You know, as as somebody that's been around all levels of mixed martial arts and wrestling and jujitsu. Um, You know, really, when when all is said and done, uh, I'm a promoter. It's my job, you know, both Eugene and I, to try to give the best platform possible for competitors to, to, you know, be in a safe and regulated environment, and we do that. And there are from time to time where, as a promoter, I actually become a fan. And, you know, I know when Jillian fought Sylvia Mondelli, I was a fan that night. I wanted, to, I wanted to see that fight in a worse way. I'm excited to see Jillian against Marissa. I think it's going to be a great fight. Lewis, you, you already know how I feel about you as a fighter. Uh, yeah. Ron, Ron had a very impressive win against Brandon. And you know what? Yes, as much as you know, yes, th- this this title shot is is the Louis Gonzalez title shot because you're the number one contender for it. At the end of the day, Ron is getting the title shot also because he beat Brandon Medina. And Brandon Medina is a fantastic, well-known, well-put-together fighter. So we felt like this is just going to be a great matchup.
1: Now, uh, uh, Luis, I was curious, Gonzalez, uh, what are your thoughts on the co-main event between the girls? I know uh, Julian's your teammate, but what what are your thoughts?
0: I honestly believe that's going to be a, an amazing scrap. Every time I've seen Jillian fight, it's always been a battle, whether she's fighting. I saw her fight, someone who was a good 20 pounds heavier than her at least, and it was still she was going at her nonstop. So I, I feel the women always bring it. So I'm, honestly, I won't be watching that fight, but as soon as I get a chance, that's the first fight I'm looking to watch.
1: Awesome, awesome. Now, Ryan, I know what I was going to ask you, Ryan. Uh, we were talking uh, about the other day at KTFO. Uh, we were talking about uh, UFC fights, Wonder Boy versus um,
0: McDonald's.
1: I understand uh, you're a big fan of MMA and whatnot. Now, is there a fighter at a professional level that you like to emulate yourself after?
4: Yeah, you know, it's it's very tough because I try not to be too one-dimensional. I try to exploit a different style of my own every time I get in there. But I think that all in all, I'm gonna to have to go like a Robbie Lawler kind of type, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I mean, he doesn't talk as much as I do, that's for sure, but I feel like at the end of the, at the end of the day when uh when I'm in there, you don't see my mouth moving anymore and I'm just fucking game on, you know what I mean? I just wanna freaking eat people's freaking souls and make them go home and cry. You know what I mean?
1: That's not nice, Brian. Oh, what
4: were your, did you watch the uh, Wonder Boy fight? Uh, thoughts on it? Yeah, I think he... I really feel like he went easy on Rory, man. I really yeah. do. I think because those guys had some past history. They were training partners. And, and I heard through the Great Boy they really weren't so happy about fighting each other, but they knew that they had to because it was the best move for both of them. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's why I don't play it did. I think that Stephen Thompson could have easily put him away, but for some reason uh, he seemed to be a little passive at opportunities that he could have capitalized on. But that's just my own opinion, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah,
1: I, I watched it a couple times, win five rounds. Um, yeah, it looked like he slowed down a little in the fifth. I don't know if it's he's was gassed or if that's what it was the case. Like you said, he he just kind of uh, slowed down and um, took the, didn't want to like, finish him off. But uh, uh Marissa, what is there a fighter in the UFC, a women fighter, a male fighter that you like to um watch and that you like to try and kinda make mold yourself after? Um, I really
6: do not necessarily I'm the only female fighter um I could say that I admire a cyborg. Okay. Cyborg, you said? A monster and two rocks. Everybody? Um, Jesus Christ. I just look up to my coaches who are out there doing, you know, what they're telling me to do. They're not just telling me to do it. They've all been there.
1: Awesome, awesome. And, um, uh, Gonzalez, uh, who who would be someone that you would kind of – is there a fighter you follow on,
0: like, say, the UFC professional level?
1: Gonzalez
4: is a prime Dan Henderson. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, but um, thanks, Ryan. So, you know, yeah, uh, there's actually a couple of guys. Uh, like Ryan said, you want I want to be able to be comfortable in different positions. And there's a lot of different fighters. Like you have uh, Mighty Mouse with his amazing transitions from stand up to ground and his footwork. Like Dominic Cruz, you have different like Robbie Lawler who walks in there and it's just like so controlled and aggressive that you hit him with the, your best shot and he looks at you like, that's it? That's all you got? And <laughs> You you know, you got guys like Cowboy that are always games where I've always – I've never asked to fight a different opponent. I've never – I've shown up and just fought whoever's in front of me. I've never cared whether it's a 10-pound, 15-pound difference. I just show up. So I, I love that about uh, Cerrone. Frankie Edgar, you know, again, being able to fight at two different weight classes and just always being game. To having that gas tank. So, there are people that I look to and just try to see, like, okay, what realistically, what piece of their game can I try to emulate to make myself better? And just seeing, you know, professionals and how they go about their business uh, kind of gives me a path to set on because at the end of the day, I'm going to be me and I'm going to create my, the best version of myself. But I, I like to look at different people and see if I can emulate different things.
1: Awesome, uh, Julian. Uh, who is there a fighter that you like to watch? Or that you're a big fan of? Anyone that you lo- you follow? Uh,
5: yeah, for for me, as far as exciting like, style, I really like um, like Rose Namajunas. Um, she's she's so dynamic. She's pretty much you know she brings it anywhere. She she she's exciting yeah. on her feet. She's exciting on her ground. Um, and and I kind of like that. It's real well rounded. Um, but then the other side of it is is that I only I only like to follow fighters that are like respectful and humble and maintain, you know, level. And, you know, you can be confident and, you know, uh, you know, talk your snack, but you always got to know what, what line. Um, and I think, you know, that's an important thing. And I think Lewis does a good job of, you know, balancing that where, okay, you know what, I'm going to talk my snack, but then I'm going to balance it out where I'm not going to cross it. Um, Thank
0: you. I try not to. People <laughs> look for me to do, but I try not to. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Uh, Tom, is there a fighter that you follow like in the UFC?
2: I know you follow
4: quite a bit. Brock like. Lesnar.
2: <laughs> no, not, not at all. Uh, you, you, you know what? I Obviously, I have, you know, former guys that I I manage, but, you know, there are also other fighters that I I love to watch fight. And, I I mean, I'll throw some curveballs at you. Uh, and some of them are friends, you know, uh, Glova Texera, uh, Glover's a, a, a big guy. He likes, to, he likes to bang if you want to take it down to the ground. I mean, everybody knows that, that Glover is a, a, a ground specialist in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, if you love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, how does one not love Jacare Souza? I mean, Jacare is a full package. But then again, you take a look at people like uh, you know, Frankie Edgar, who's, who's a, a, an animal. Uh, you know, at his weight class and jumping, you know, in between both weight classes, you got you gotta love uh, Frankie as a fighter. Um, you know, there's just there's so many, and, and and you know what? I don't care how old he gets or what have you. He is a, 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 a smack talker, but uh, Anderson Silva. I mean, he is My he, he is the he's the man. OG. He is, you know, yeah. he he he's the well, original. and and. Uh, you know and Anderson is another guy i mean standing up you're talking about a, a guy you know back in the valley two do day uh you know at acuta cheva brazil i mean the guy just uh he's an amazing striker he has his own style nobody else shares his style and uh, and he's also uh you know re- he's he's a black belt in brazilian jiu jitsu of course and you know th- those are some fighters that i like that i feel are uh you know are great fighters the only thing i probably don't like about Anderson is that sometimes the, the little gloating inside the cage, but that's part of his game. That's his game plan. His style. His style. Inside People people's to understand. Look at Muhammad but.
4: Ali. That's, and that's his, his icon. Muhammad Ali so, did the same thing back in the day. He would dance and play around and nobody talk shit about that then. But Anderson, everybody has a problem with.
2: And I also want to, you know, throw a quick congratulations out there. It's about time. He, uh, he, he turned his retirement off. Obviously, anybody who knows me and Eugene were really, really, really close with the Perez family. So, uh, you know, Frankie oh, Perez Frankie. announced that he that he's coming yeah, back out that. of retirement. You know, he's a he's a Frankie Edgar teammate, and uh, you know, Frankie's a, a great kid. He's a good fighter. Uh, came off a phenomenal win. I mean, you, you you can't as a young fighter you can't feel more confident than getting a first round finish. Uh, and I'm just glad that you know some of the personal things that Frankie had going on and uh you know that he was able to uh find himself again and personal things are not in a way of substance or anything of that nature you know Frankie lost his grandfather uh who was uh, you know as close to him as anything and uh he was asked to take on a fight short notice that's not the easiest thing to do when you just lost your, uh, your G-pa who uh you know you're absolutely infatuated with um and, you know frankie missed out on a lot of things being a fighter these guys just said you know the dedication that you have to put in you know frankie missed vacations down in miami with family members and everything else so that he could stay home and train so uh you know frankie took his uh his six months to to, to find himself to you know come to a calm and i i think you're even going to see a better frankie perez than you saw on his last fight so uh you know, congratulations to him for uh, for jumping back in there and, and getting things rolling, so. Awesome. Yes, definitely congratulations to him. Uh,
1: for, uh, for those of you who are, aren't familiar too much with me, uh, Kyle Carroll, I'm right, I write for MMA News, so definitely go check out. That's where the podcast will be up. So if you want to share it afterwards, uh, guys and girls, um, it's going to be up there, so definitely uh, share it. It's going to be on com. Um, been writing for with them since two thousand and fourteen. I cover college wrestling, the Division One national championships I went to at m s g and in two thousand and thirteen, I went to Iowa for it so like uh, i 'm a huge fan of guys who are wrestlers, guys who get in there. It might be a little boring at times for some people. I know they like to see the striking, but I like <laughs> a wrestler that could drag people down, hold them down because i don 't think there 's anything more dominating than be able to hold another human being down and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. There's nothing more dominating, I don't think, than be able to hold them down, not let
2: them up, and just beat the living shit out of them.
1: I mean, he's kind
2: of a fan of Ben Askren. And, and, Kyle, I also want to say, you know, uh, Eric Kowal, who is uh, who's the chief over there at, at My MMA News, I mean, you guys are all over the place covering all events, especially in the tri-state Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. You guys are all over the place, and I, I got to give you guys a ton of kudos for, you know, especially, you know, covering the pro events, but even more importantly, giving these amateurs, you know, a great platform like this podcast to get out there, get their names out there, let people know that they're out there, and uh, and, and watch them as young fighters. Uh, so I, all the kudos to you, uh, Kyle and, and Eric Kowal of My MMA News. You know, you guys come to every AC event. You got ACC event. You guys cover it, and uh, you know we we couldn't be more thankful for uh, for all the coverage and exposure that you give the fighters that fight Progressive Combat Championships.
1: Oh, well, I love doing it. That's for sure. And I, you know, what, if there's no platform for these young guys or girl or women to fight on or like be heard on, there like there's really nothing for them. The next level, I like, guess they need to get a little recognition. I think it's important. I guess like a support system, as you could say. And I, I like to believe, like I have an eye for talent. I can see where there's talented fighters and where there's not talent, the non-talented fighters. And it's kind of cool to see them rise through the ranks and whatnot. I followed uh, Sergio Pettis from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, Anthony, I've seen follow Sam Alvary He's uh, followed cool. Ryan
4: Just, Castro on his journey to in the one forty-five pounds UFC yes.
1: championship. Yeah, it's, it's great to see all these uh, like the younger guys and like even covering college wrestling. I'm seeing these wrestlers now being recruited by Scott Coker and Bellator to come over. They're signing deals like Iron Pico. I don't know if anyone heard of him, but that kid's going to be the next Bellator champion. I guarantee
2: it. He's a stud. Kyle, you stud, know what?
1: Stud wrestler.
2: Kyle, it's it's all about it's all about the fighter.
1: Yeah, I would uh, say that
2: you, you know if you uh, ever come to an aggressive combat championship event. You will never see Eugene and I get in between a coach and their fighter <laughs> after a win.
1: Uh, you'll
2: you'll never see us in 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 shark skin suits or you. with oh, our with with. Hello, I'm mean, oh here. God. The, the podcast just got super interesting. But <laughs> In any case, uh, Tom, I have no, a question. So, yeah, but you know what? The most important. Are you speaking about anybody in particular? <laughs> you know what? Here, here's the thing, Ryan. As much as you and I know that there's one person that stands out like a sore thumb, there are so many. There are there are no, other I promoters know. In, a, in a metropolitan area that to I them agree. it it's more important about talking about them, their company,
4: oh, uh, and 100%. everything else. And we I'm
2: agree. gonna we I'm gonna tell to you this right now.
4: What
2: whatever money I make on a promotion is is great. You know, do I make a dollar? Yes, I do. What makes me most excited is when I see somebody like a Jillian, a Marissa, a a Luis Gonzalez. Those guys go pro, and I can honestly say to myself, you know what? I helped give these guys a great platform to compete on to go chase their dream. That, to me, means more than any dollar I could ever put in my pocket. I don't need to be – I'm 44 years old. I don't need to be famous. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be known as the man, the myth, the legend. I want to be known as the guy that gave young fighters an amazing shot and a great platform, a safe platform, a highly regulated platform for them to compete on. And if anybody can tell me that I'm consistently doing that, I can go to sleep every single night a very happy man because that is my sole goal. And I can only speak for myself. I'll let Eugene speak for himself, but for myself, it's all about the fighter. You'll never see me. I'll be in sweats in a T-shirt. I could care less. It ain't about me. It's about the fighter. And the second that starts to change with ACC, any one of you fighters, any one of you promoters out there, let me know because that's my reality check where I need to check myself and do things differently.
1: So, you know, you know what I find hilarious is the fact that I've done a gazillion interviews and a, po- a bunch of podcasts and articles about fighters, and the one that blows up is the one with the girl who can't lose weight because her twelve pound tits.
5: Oh my right? god!
1: Listen, Kyle, you're, you're famous for that. I, I I couldn't believe the amount of attention that art, and it wasn't even like my article wasn't really about that. I just quoted her, just put a little sense of humor in it. And did you,
2: Kyle, did you say the amount of attention? We're talking about the Inquirer we're talking about the New York Post, we're talking about the girl who is offered fights in World Series of Fighting. What do you mean the, the, the extra exposure? That thing blew up <laughs> like a time bomb.
4: Who was it? So
2: <laughs> when are you going to interview the three of us?
0: What's that? When are all, all three of us going to sit down with you and get an interview going? Oh, four of us, actually. Well, we'll Brian, definitely just... have
1: to We'll definitely have to schedule. I'll talk to you, and I'll figure out a date, and I'll come to the gym. <laughs> I want to blow, blow up, like, blew her up, too, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm always down to do articles. I know I've gone to a few gyms in Long Island, a couple in Queens. It's just a matter of uh, our schedules connecting and being on the same time, you know? So Yeah. But, Although I did get a question from a fan, someone's, uh, someone's uh, asking, uh, Julian, what do you think about Lewis's opponent? Uh, from what you heard tonight.
5: Um, huh. I mean, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I said, I don't like means. I don't like trash talking um, to an extent, and you know you have to do it to an extent, but there's that line that you cross, um, and I think he definitely is crossing that line, um, even from before. Um, and, you know, Lewis is my teammate, so I got to back my boy. Um, and, it's, you know, um, and I appreciate that Lewis is maintaining, you know, his level of respect but still holding his own at the same time because he can't just let somebody talk. Um, but, you know, Saturday night is going to go down, and uh, Lewis doesn't need to talk. His his actions will, will, will say enough for itself.
1: Awesome, awesome. Now I'm going to ask everyone a question. uh I, I, I want to start asking people: is grappler or striker, Jillian. What, what do you What do you think is the best, grappler or striker?
5: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a brown belt, so I'm happy with
0: grappler. <laughs> grappler, all right, Lewis. Oh, that's tough, man. I love watching both, but I, I grew up watching boxing, so I'm gonna go with striking.
1: All right, Marissa. I say they're both equally as important. <laughs> But you had to choose one. You're falling on either side of the fence. You have to pick one. Grappler. Grappler. All right. Um, Tom. Striker. Striker. Ryan. I think I know this one already. Yeah. Striker for For sure, right?
4: What's that? I said absolutely
1: striker. Awesome. Um. (laughs)
0: Not I well, of an
1: and everything, I like to ask everyone: What makes you different from everyone else? What makes you stand out? Uh, Marissa, can you, you you I guess go first? Um,
6: I in my work ethic, you know, I'm down to do whatever it takes to get there.
1: Awesome, Jillian?
5: Um, I think it's it, it's my heart, my determination, my drive that no matter what's happening, um. I'm going to keep coming at you, so you got to be ready for it.
0: Gonzalez? I'm willing to go in there and put it all on the line. Win, lose a draw. I'm willing to put on a show.
4: Castro? Man, I don't know where to start or where to begin.
1: Um, first,
4: <laughs> first and foremost, it's my insanity, my obsession with the sport, my obsession with winning. I think um my work ethic is pretty unmeasured on every aspect of a fighter as far as the promotion as far as the the gym goes is you know I try to I'm really trying to put myself all together as a business person and I'm looking at the bigger picture of this you know what I mean I really okay. so I think that yeah. you know as as the future months unfold and the next year comes uh people are going to start to see a a totally different side to me as far as the aspect of competitor and just a fan of the sport, you know what I mean? So I think that's pretty much all I can say. And you look I like know. Batman in your car. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to go for right now. You know, And besides my funky haircut, I don't think anybody's got a haircut like mine, so that definitely that's makes true. me different. Other than you Mr. Know? P. But yeah, my very, my very charming personality. You, uh, either, you either hate me or you hate me.
1: Tom, what, what, about that you? Tom?
2: what makes you unique? what make, what makes you unique Tom oh boy <laughs> uh, oh boy uh you know what i think that i i said everything that um you know my conversation that I just had about five minutes ago that to me as a as a promoter it's it's all about the fighter uh it's about the amateur fighter it's about giving uh everything to them, giving them the platform. You know, as long as they show up on weight, blood work, medicals, they're training, they're respectful. Uh it's I, I take great pride with, with giving them, like I said, a good, safe, uh, regulated event that they can compete on. Uh, and I don't need I don't need to be in the spotlight. You know, if I just happen to be there, uh, I think it's gonna be because of my work ethic that puts me there, but it's certainly not going to be by me dressing flashy or feeling like, okay, you know, I just handed you a, a title belt, so let, let me be the first one to step between you and your coach. It's all about the fighter. It's all about their team, their coach. I'm just there to help, uh, you know, put on the show for them. So I think that's what separates uh, me. I think that's what separates our company from a lot of companies in a metropolitan New York area. So that's what separates me.
1: Awesome. Um, now I know you guys have uh, sponsors. Uh, any one of you would like to
2: give a shout out to your sponsors, or anything like that? got well, um, I, 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 Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me throw some uh, my MMA news. Got to throw them out. Uh, Grappler's Quest. Brian Simmons. He'll be there. He'll be uh, announcing the fights as well. Um, you know, Nightline Radio. Who'll be there live streaming the events? So if anybody wants to watch the fights, Nightline. Uh, you know, NightlineRadio.com. So if you you can't buy a ticket because it's our sixth show in a row that we're sold out, just log on online, NightlineRadio.com. That's N-I-T-E. And you'll be able to watch the fights. Um, awesome. You know, yeah, and 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 that's uh, you know, and that's it. And New York City fight life. Uh, we'll be also there uh, covering the event, too. You know, those there's a, a whole bunch of guys and, uh, and and companies that have been supporting us since the beginning. So, definitely shout out to all those companies I just mentioned. Awesome. Uh, with, that, with, with, with that being said, Kyle, uh, anybody who knows me, uh, I am like Linus from Peanuts. I walk around with my blanket in my hand, and usually by 8 o'clock at night, I'm fast asleep. I'm excited for absolutely every single fighter that is going to step on a scale tomorrow night and then step into the cage on Saturday. I look forward to giving you the very best of what Aggressive Combat Championships can offer you. And uh, thank you so much for choosing to compete with, uh, with ACC, Eugene, and myself. Uh, we, it's a privilege and an honor for us to put on this promotion for you guys Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Kyle Carroll and Eric Kowal for uh, for my MMA news, and, and thank you, everyone. Have a have a great evening.
1: Have Thanks, Tom. Up. Thanks for coming on, man.
2: righty. bye now. Alright, Gonzalez.
1: Uh, sponsors, anyone you want to give a shout out to? Uh, honestly,
0: my team. We've been working really hard. Uh, East Coast United, Bronx, especially you guys have been, you know, busting my chops. The Jungle Gym for helping me out those hard knocks, Um, the guys out of Mexico in Mazatlan, Sean, Eric Alvarez, and those guys, uh, thank you so much for having me and kind of putting me through the grinder down there, Uh, Contract Killer, uh, Breakpoint, just everyone, honestly, anyone who's listening and took the time to hear us out, you know, I appreciate it, and I know everyone that was here appreciates you take the time to help us promote ourselves, so thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for
1: coming on. We'll definitely have to do an interview after uh, your fight and whatnot. Uh, I'll definitely be in touch with you for that. Uh, Jillian, any sponsors you want to give a shout out to your team?
5: Um yeah, start off with uh thinking my team, um, because without my team behind me, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to be here right now. Um so my professor, um Rob Gutierrez, all my teammates at um East Coast United, um my sponsors, um, I got Fight Prep for hooking me up with some um, natural supplements to help me train and recover. Um, Fighter Alias, Michelle's Magic Morsels for so hooking me up with some nice, um, awesome protein cookies. Um, Sam with NNA Roadhog.
0: Can you um, bring some cookies, tomorrow?
5: Yeah, I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring you a cookie. They're really I appreciate off. that a lot. <laughs> I got you, Louis. <laughs> um, great mouth Guards for uh, hooking me up with... Um, a custom mouth guard that looks pretty sweet, um, weapon fight gear for uh, making sure I have my gloves and everything I need to train, um, geese soap for making sure that I could take off all the nasty grime after training and don't get any, you know, gross things, um, and seek check for uh, always making sure I'm looking nice on fight night. Um, okay. And also, oh, yeah, um, I got um, Eric Ruiz of um, Ring Sport Muay Thai that's been coming by and helping me uh, work on my stand-up
1: game. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Marissa, what about you? Any sponsors?
6: Um, I do. I actually just got involved with a number of new sponsors, so I don't want to shout out everybody because I don't want to leave anybody out, honestly, but I definitely got to shout out my awesome top coaches, my teammates who are, you know, there with me every day helping me put in work for my goals and my dreams, um, and, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, everything like that. So, um, I just got to thank everybody, honestly.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, all three of you coming on. And plus Ryan, thank you for uh, co-hosting today.
4: No, anytime, uh, brother. I appreciate you asking me on.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Glad you guys were all able to come on. i uh, looking forward to watching everyone fight this weekend. Um, uh, before the fight, I'd definitely like to get a quick video interview if all three of you would be up to that. And then um, after the fight, talk to, you, talk to everyone as well. Um, so I'll be, I'll be there early. I'll come wandering back there and find everyone. So uh, good luck to everyone fighting this weekend. Thank you for coming on Carol Corners MMA podcast. Be sure to check out MyMMANews.com. Uh, go on social media at MyMMANews. Find everything there. The podcast will be uploaded there as well. Um, Everyone, thank you for coming on. It was a great show, and uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks thank for you having man. us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely evening, everyone.
4: Take care. And if anybody backs out tomorrow, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan, you'll have to lose, like, 20 pounds to five. Yeah, right.
5: yeah, and, and I don't throw draw some hair, get a lo- long hair, a nice shoes, put a wig what on. What the <laughs> you
4: talking about, bro? What the heck? I freaking <laughs> earned I mean, my dudes already. I'm just saying, man. You. Like you fight at 170. I'm sick of I'm fighting like... guys that are either six foot 12 We'll have Devin <laughs> knockouts, pal. Man, getting <laughs> decremental my mental health. But dude, I already lost the weight. Like No, you know what? Though, if if I could get if I fight you, and then maybe you go in there with like a fifty pound vest, then we'll be good.
0: Okay, there you go. See, you know what? I like that idea. But, <laughs> then it'll be uh, you know
4: what? We'll do a thirty pound vest <laughs> so I can actually move around. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, man. You might be, Yo, you might be out of luck, If I'm not shot, there, man. if I'm not there, good luck to all of you, man. Fight fair and fight hard. Take care,
1: guys. <laughs> Thanks. Have
4: fun, right. guys. Right.
1: Good luck. Bye. Bye.